I'm Nenzel Mohammed. Welcome to Jobmakers. Imagine celebrating the holiday season with family and friends, and then your country gets invaded. Scary, but as we see on the news, it's real. No one wants to be a refugee, but the resilience and fortitude of refugees to withstand catastrophic displacement like that and come out the other side is something remarkable, something worthy of our respect, and something that ultimately benefits the countries they're resettled in. For Hamza Asabayev, refugee from Chechnya and co-founder of Soft Smile, which produces pioneering software for dentists to make advanced treatment plans for patients without relying on third parties, not only was he displaced, but he had to grow up in the country that invaded his, Russia. His experiences shaped his life in profound ways. In response to the lawlessness of the invasion, Hamza first pursued law, becoming a top mergers and acquisitions attorney in the UK and the Middle East. Lack of access to basic care as a refugee and a minority prompted him to pursue entrepreneurship to make basic services accessible to all. Hamza's story is not unique, but it's rarely told. Refugees go through terrible things, but ultimately make significant contributions to their adopted homeland, having higher rates of employment and entrepreneurship. What does that mean? They give back far more than we give them, as you'll discover in this week's Job Makers. Hamza Asabayev, founder and CEO of Soft Smile, an immigrant from Chechnya. Welcome to the Jobmakers podcast. How are you? Thank you. Doing fine and really honored to be a guest here. So tell us a little bit about your business and what makes it special. Sure. Soft Smile is a software company. And um, I'll give you an example. Imagine you are visiting a doctor, an orthodontist, and you want to make your smile perfect. So that doctor will take some measurements, will scan your teeth and jaw, and she will upload that uh, information into a certain portal. So usually she, a doctor, has to wait for weeks until someone somewhere, uh, usually overseas, prepare a treatment plan and sends back uh, this information for coordination again with the doctor then there will be lancy manufacturing so it usually takes four five six weeks to have digital treatment plan ready but uh, before that upfront you paid a few thousand dollars and uh, it's very lengthy costly process what we're doing with our software a doctor will do everything in-house and uh, can deliver to you as a patient a treatment plan just in one day. And we believe this will lead to making orthodontics affordable and accessible. So that's basically what we're doing. Incredible. Um, and this, this entrepreneurial journey began a very long time ago when you your family was forced to move. And so not just the f- idea of entrepreneurship, but the, the thing that you're doing, which is making healthcare more accessible, comes from that experience of being forced to move and and hoping for better on the other side. So I know you were born in Chechnya, but you ended up having to grow up in Moscow. Tell me me about that experience. Sure. I was born in Chechnya in Grozny. And uh, in 1994, actually, uh, it was uh, 
Christmas night, uh, New Eve, actually, when Russia invaded Chechnya uh, with full force. And we, my parents uh, took me and my daughter, and we moved to Moscow uh, because we had some relatives there. That's where I grew up, and um, I saw some discrimination and some, let's say, bad things being a Chechen kid in Moscow, in Russia. And uh, there was a lot of injustice back there. So this, um, even when I was a child, got me thinking that uh, maybe something more fair would be possible with um, even my efforts. And regarding healthcare, there were cases when Chechens uh, were uh, rejected from getting simple healthcare in Moscow, in Russia. Uh, and um, when you see that, uh, you just get this idea, how is it possible? And that instills you a fun, uh, notion that uh, actually healthcare is an absolutely fundamental right and um, it shall be provided to everyone, regardless of their skin color or ethnicity or face. So it just should, must be fundamental. And when you see some injustice, especially biased injustice, let's say, uh, you're trying, growing up, you're trying to fix it. And maybe that's led to a situation when I saw an opportunity to change healthcare a little bit, I really grasped it. And that experience also influenced your first choice in a, in a career because you, you first ended yeah. into law. You were a lawyer. Yes just like yeah, your father I, and your grandfather. Yeah, I was... Uh, actually, I still consider myself, myself a lawyer because once a lawyer, always a lawyer. And yeah. my counterparts in my business, they don't understand it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yes, you're absolutely right because uh, law of people is the only alternative to the law of jungle. And I saw law of jungle, law of force being a kid where some powerful and uh, mighty country can completely destroy lives and uh, the entire cities of someone weaker. And uh, again, law is the only alternative. And how did this, how did the dental care, how did that happen? Was it just serendipitous? Was it just your friend happened to be working on this? There are, as always, there are like uh, various events converging at some particular point. First, again, maybe from my childhood experience, I knew that uh, dental care, orthodontics are extremely expensive and not everyone can afford it. Second, uh, my friend who is also from Chechnya, but who didn't leave Chechnya through the wars, actually his story, absolutely impressive. He inspired me to start Soft Smile because he was an orthodontist who um, after graduating, after getting his dental education, he got back to Chechnya and started helping people who would never be able to afford some um, famous brands uh, like Invisalign or some or ClearCrack, something like that. So he started making those aligners and braces in-house. And uh, I followed his career. I knew that he's doing great. And at some point, seeing how great he's doing, um, we just decided to join forces and maybe do something together. And I, being an M&A lawyer, 
in a very famous uh, international law firm, I was able to attract investors and uh, that's how we started. So. so therefore your pivot into entrepreneurship was not a difficult one. Uh, or was it? Uh, you know, I know, I know you had a bad experience starting a business in Switzerland, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you're, you're, actually, you're right. I, I, I wanted to say that there is no particular set skill for entrepreneurship and anyone can do that. But uh, actually, you're absolutely right. My first experience demonstrates that um, there are always some mistakes. And if you don't have uh, some safe net, some ability to uh, continue, even though you made some strategic mistakes, it can be... really devastating for the entire business. That's what happened with our small manufacturing lab in Switzerland. It just, we were not ready. We made some strategic mistakes and um, it failed, which which actually was good because SoftSmile now is way bigger, way more successful. We learned from our mistakes. We doing things carefully now. We are trying to uh, close all weak spots. So. It was it was a good a good experience anyway, even though it failed. And uh, but still, we failure, learned a lot. Failure is almost like a prerequisite, right? Uh, <laughs> sometimes yes. We were lucky to have those failure as a, as a lesson. But um, unfortunately, sometimes people bet everything uh, and lose it, and this also happens. And that's why. Um, I think everyone shall be careful measuring how much they're investing of their efforts, of their resources. And well, and because failure can always happen. It just doesn't matter how hard you're working. It, it will happen if something changes. You, we just went through COVID. We just in the middle of recession. We see that there are a lot of bad things uh, happening without our involvement, just not depending on us. And uh, you shall be ready mentally and, uh, let's say, financially. <laughs> if something happens, it's not your fault. Just try again. And this phrase, let's try again, is what my friend told me when we, after the company was called 3 d Math. So when it failed, just in a few months, I already left Linklater, so I didn't have any job. And my friend told me, let's try again. And uh, we founded SoftSmile. So how is SoftSmile doing today? And how do you see its growth? SoftSmile is doing pretty well. We are a product-led company. We are very proud of our product. It's uh, just amazing software with uh, uh, dozens of intricate algorithms which make the job which would take hours being done in just a few minutes. So it's 30, 35 times faster and more efficient than any alternatives on the market. And you can imagine it uh, just uh, transforms the entire practice of uh, digital orthodontics. And uh, most importantly, people out there know it. So we're getting um, many requests for demo, for contracts. Unfortunately, I cannot Due to contractual restrictions, I cannot disclose names of our clients. But what I can say, about 2,000 patients every day are being treated with our software. 
So we, I know the theme of this podcast, uh, creating jobs. So we are creating jobs in the, globally, not only through SoftSmile, but also helping our clients to change their practice and uh, attract more people and work with um, more doctors. That's that's what we're doing. And regarding the growth, right now we're focused on the software, but the next step will be work directly with doctors and probably patients so that we will manufacture and design and we will go directly to consumers. So we, I have, I have uh, good confidence in the growth of the business. As a business leader, uh, you've developed some thoughts over the years. And this is something I've heard from other entrepreneurs about you, you once said only after getting the product on the market that you really see who your client base is and what level of demand looks like. I've heard this from many different entrepreneurs. Um, can you describe this a little bit more and how it might work with different kinds of companies versus like a software company? Sure. So you, as an entrepreneur, you have this choice kind of balance. On one thing, you want to make everything perfect or as close to the perfection as possible before you show it to even your friends. Um, and on the other hand, you want real feedback. You want to understand whether what you're building is worth it. And here where the problem happens. So if you are insecure, if you uh, let's say scared of showing your product to the market, you will find any opportunity to delay uh, the launch and uh, try to make it as great as possible. But the problem, which usually happens, that the market evolves and uh, your clients' needs evolve and your competitors, they are not uh, sleeping, so they're also doing something. That's why I believe Although it's a bit scary, but you shall try to give your product to as many people as possible, uh, provided always you protect it from IP perspective, from uh, tech perspective, because there are various uh, strange stories where technology from uh, a young startup is stolen by someone. So you shall always think about it. But without real feedback from your customers, um, it's difficult to build something worth it or what people would expect. The, the problem we have, we gave demo to the market about 18 months ago. And the real problem that I'm chased by doctors all around the world with questions when you finally give us a commercial product or when you give it to us. And um, demo was so good that people thought that everything is ready. But uh, our software is very complex and intricate product. And that's why one of my problems, just to explain doctors, please wait a little bit. It will be way better. Just give us some time to finalize it. And uh, finally, we... Uh, at stage where it is finalized and we are getting amazing feedback from leaders of the market. And that's that's what we're proud of. I see. Um, so another thing you've talked about is ha having support that allows you to take risks. 
um, even our own research bears that out, that having family or other social support is key to the success of immigrants. If you're here by yourself, it's a, a lot harder. But not everyone has that luxury of having family or a network of support or con fellow countrymen. So how can entrepreneurial immigrants build up a support system if they don't have you know, direct family contacts there? Uh, there are various, uh, various angles to this. Um, you're right, not everyone has a family and not everyone has a family which can help or support you, especially when you're overseas. Um, but uh, entrepreneurs, so what I, what I would suggest, you shall look to what, if you can say, what communities you belong. Uh, I'll give you an example. To me, it was very helpful that I could approach lawyers or my classmates here in the United States or my former colleagues. I also could approach uh, um, Chechens who live in America just to get some advice from them. I also could approach uh, some doctors and orthodontists saying, them, look, I'm building this product for you. Could you advise me? And a few orthodontists actually wrote recommendation letters for my green card. The same uh, few lawyers did so. So it was helpful. So what I'm trying to say that um, it always helpful to have someone around, like your family, your friends, even for moral support. But uh, I, I'm not buying that there is no support at all because what you are doing, for instance, um, helping immigrants, helping people with everything, is one of the examples that those who seek, they will find. So I believe people just shall look into themselves and see, okay, what kind of community will help me here? Because we all are parts of some communities. There is no one completely alone. There's all, you can always find some support. There's so many examples in my life where complete strangers helped me so much. And um, you may say, or someone may say that we are, I am relatively successful guy, but this wouldn't be possible without uh, complete strangers who were in my life um, lending a hand or helping you with advice. Not even mentioning friends, family, colleagues, all of them. So nothing uh, in my life would be possible. Nothing good would be possible without help of other people, and that's my motto. We always shall look around, and also the law: if you expect some help from people, it is also expected that you will help them. So, not getting into details, I hope there are people uh, who will probably remember that I helped them at some point and who can say, yes, Hamzat was, it was good that Hamzat was there at a certain part of our life. Good thing Hamzat that, was there. <laughs> um, yeah. And do you think that the United States entrepreneurial ecosystem lends itself to the things that you're talking about, that people want to support others in their endeavors? I would say it's the most advanced uh, entrepreneurial ecosystem in the world because, as I said, I've worked in uh, the UK, in the Emirates, uh, in Russia, traveled a lot. And um, entrepreneurs all around the world, kind of close community, uh, helping each other, knowing that uh, uh, when you help someone today, they will get back to you with some uh, some response later on. Uh, 
Um, but the United States, simply because it's the biggest market in the world and the biggest number of entrepreneurs and the most developed uh, entrepreneurship ecosystem, everyone can find support, I believe. That's really good for you to say, and especially for budding entrepreneurs who may not be in the United States as yet, they have something <clears throat> positive to look forward to. So you spoke very highly of the entrepreneurial ecosystem here in the U.S., uh, but you have started businesses elsewhere, and even your current business, it's cross-continental. Um, but the United States has given you what is to date your most successful business. How do you feel about the United States as the country that took you in, gave you an ed a second education, and allowed you to start and grow a business? I love the United States. And uh, of course, there are many problems uh, in the United States, but those problems, if you compare to other countries, you will understand. You you just shall always compare what, as you know, I lived in Russia, I lived in the UK, I lived in some other countries, and uh, I think although there is some impact right now, uh, I think the core of United States success is rule of law, and I'm saying this as a lawyer, because one amazing really amazing thing in the united states that being a small guy an entrepreneur you can always seek some protection or justice in any court and you can be sure that uh, it will be unbiased and fair uh, judgment so if you are wrong that's fine you will never say someone bought a judge or there was a corruption or something like that it just uh, everything is based on law and uh, let's say, on the principles uh, introduced by the founding fathers and by the Constitution. And uh, I highly respect uh, the U.S. commercial and corporate law systems. It's fascinating that you say rule of law is what really makes this country distinctive. Uh, thank you for that perspective, because you certainly come from a place where rule of law probably didn't always apply. Um, so Hamza, say to, to say it mildly, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> Hamza Asabiyav, uh, founder and CEO of Soft Smile, immigrant from Chechnya. Thank you so much for joining us on the Jobmakers podcast. Thank you very much, uh, Denzel. It was, uh, it was great talking to you and really honored to talk to your audience. And um, thank you. Jobmakers is a weekly podcast about immigrant entrepreneurship produced by Pioneer Institute, a think tank in Boston, and the Immigrant Learning Center in Malden, Massachusetts, a not-for-profit that gives immigrants a voice. Thank you for joining us for this week's inspiring story of one incredible refugee entrepreneur. If you know an outstanding foreign-born business owner or innovator we should talk to, email Denzil, that's D-E-N-Z-I-L, at jobmakerspodcast.org. I'm Denzel Mohammed. See you next Thursday at noon for another Jobmakers.